The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, he went from the bottom. I give up, man. If you're not going to be honest about it, I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like my Bye-bye. nipple looks like my cat, like a like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Some dingus tweets me, at underscore Adam Crowley, are you concussed? Show not good today. I know when the show's good. I know when the show's not good. Today's show's been fabulous. So you could piss off. Got this from, from Joey Bag of Donuts. Don't listen to that person. Today's show is just as mediocre as all the other ones. There's our fans. That guy gets it. He knows what we're doing. Brian says, at underscore Adam Crowley, Come on, man. It's pretty clear that Perfect lost his balance before he hit AB. Maybe there was a banana peel on the field. You don't know for sure. I don't know what that means. I don't think I saw any banana peels. Maybe it's me not having a clue like that listener intimated. Mark Caballi from The Athletic joins us now on the program. Mark, are you ready to join the mediocrity? You know, I've been doing the mediocrity for 20 years now, so it's no use. I'm just all flabbergasted. I like that word, flabbergasted, by Joey Bag of Donuts, because I see him on Twitter all the time, and I have no idea what Joey Bag of Donuts means, but you bring it up and get me all confused. Thanks, Adam. Joey Bag of Donuts is a dude who tweets. It's also a burrito at Moe's, which I'm guessing is named after something but I really? don't know. I don't know what it's named after. Yeah. How's a bag of donuts after a burrito? I don't know. I don't know either. We'll figure it out. And the mediocrity continues. <laughs> Mark Cavalli of the Athletic joined us on the Crowley Show. Let's start with the offense. Actually, nay. Did Le'Veon Bell show up today? And I missed it. Oh, I guess not. You know, there's some people standing outside the facility checking it out. I mean, to his uh, not his credit, but. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt right now. This report from a source from a couple weeks ago said he would show up the week of the bye, not the Monday of the bye. Correct. So maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. If it's not Wednesday, he might have to wait a while because there's nobody going to be in the South Side facility because they're all going to Cancun for the bye week. So I guess we can figure out tomorrow. I mean, now you look at it, I would say probably not. I wouldn't see him coming up. Maybe he shows up next Monday. Maybe that's it. But uh, no no sign of Le'Veon Bell. Let's say he shows up this Wednesday or next Monday. James Conner's getting the lion's share of the carries, right? I think he will at first. Uh, I think that the way he'll go, he'll go is Conner will be the starter, just not for the fact that he's playing well and they're winning now, but the fact that the team really – likes him. There's some sort of chemistry between him and the offensive line right now. You don't really want to mess that up until you have to mess that up. And what I mean by have to mess that up is when Connor starts not to perform. So I think they'll gradually put Le'Veon in the game if he shows up and all this good stuff. And I think what will happen is then all of a sudden he'll start getting more and more reps. Then all of a sudden you'll see him have two or three series where you're like, wow, we can't take off Le'Veon now. He's dominating. And before you know it, Le'Veon Bell you're starting running back and James Conner spelling him in the Stephen Ridley role. 
that's how I ultimately see it come, but first he has to show up. But that's how I see it's going to work out. Producer Shirtless Tom just sent this along to me. Joey Bag of Donuts is a term used in Italian-American communities, particularly in the Philadelphia area, to describe a fat person. Italian-American for fat ass. And I knew I, I knew I was drew to him, drawn to him somehow, and that's why fat guy, of course. Mark Caballi from the Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Mark, I'm going to give a statement, and I'd like you to agree or disagree. Do you understand the rules? I disagree. Artie Burns isn't good. He's good, but he's just not playing very well right now. I think it's in his head. I think it's in his head massively. I don't know if that means. He's looking at his potential big payday come April, picking up that fifth-year option or not. But it's in his bed. Hey, I mean, we've seen that before with like Taylor and people like that. That it gets in your head. And they can either eat you alive or you can become stronger for it. But it, right now, I don't see any reason why he should be playing over Cody Sensible. I mean, it's in his head, and it's not going to get better until maybe. I mean, with like Taylor, it was like almost a year. So. I think he's good. I think he has the talent. I think he just has to work some things out. And it's you can't do that while giving up touchdowns and stupid penalties. The offensive line is playing as well as it can. I think it's playing probably as well as you know any line in the league. Yep. Not saying much because the lines in the league stink for the most part. But yeah, I mean, there's a pedigree on that offensive line. It's the reason why everybody's getting paid. Anywhere between, you know, minus Ramon Foster, anywhere between 24 and $60 million. So they should perform like that. And as long as they perform like that, I mean, uh, they're going to be difficult to beat because I am the big proponent of defensive lines can ruin games for offensives. And if it didn't happen on Sunday with Geno Atkins and Dunlap and mm-hmm. Michael Johnson, I don't know what defensive line can disrupt these guys right now but they've been tended to get better as the season comes on then something happens and they take a step back they just have to keep uh performing like they have but yeah i think they're having one heck of a season and i uh i think they can get better yeah juju smith schuster is a pro bowler wow i didn't even think of that. Yeah, the number is i think he's fifth in the league in uh receptions or at least receiving yards and he's coming up with some big Numbers, but you know, typically Pro Bowl receivers have those monster numbers. I don't know if you're talking about going to the Pro Bowl or being one of the top Pro Bowl guys. Uh, I would say he's on the border of it right now, but uh, he's going to have to put up some massive numbers. I mean, we're talking 120 some catches, 13, 1400 yards. So he's playing like a Pro Bowler, but I don't think he's quite a Pro Bowler in stature yet because you know. Those guys tend to uh, takes a while for them to get noticed, and once they get in there, then they keep getting voted in. So I think he's playing like one, but he's not going to be one. Joe Hayden's the best player on defense. Joe Hayden, we might look back at Joe Hayden and say he is the one that single-handedly turned his franchise around. I might be spewing some hyperbole here, but let's look. Let's look where they were 14. Are now with their defense and their secondary. I think he's meant so much to this team on the field, in that locker room, calming influence, great guy, a guy you, they're all listening to. 
and, and he can still play. He can still run. For a guy that's supposed to be slow, a guy that timed out like a four, five, seven a decade ago, I don't see too many people running by him right now. And as long as he's doing what he he did, I mean, what do he allow? Four or five catches to AJ? I think AJ had five, but I think one of them weren't against him. Right. As long as he keeps doing that, man, just keep lining them up. Jarvis Landry next. I don't know if the Ravens have anybody, but there's some decent receivers down the road they're going to face. Yeah, I think Hayden is huge. And he's only got him for like nine million bucks, too. I mean, when you want to sit there and criticize Tomlin, criticize Kevin Colbert for some of the moves they have, and some of them rightfully so. I mean, you got to look at this guy and say, wow, you guys hit a home run on this. No, I don't mean, I think Hayden's invaluable to this team. Mike Tomlin made a mistake not challenging Connor's touchdown. He said he didn't see it, which is strange because I saw it. And if I saw it on the replay, would mean his people up in the in the box saw it. So, you know, it's strange with him. He lectured us maybe a year or two ago about how he will never challenge spot ball, you know, calls on the spot fouls, not the spot fouls, where the ball is played, the spots, because it's like totally impossible unless you have a point of reference. Then he goes and, you know, challenges <laughs> two of them the past three weeks and loses. But Well, you know, I kind of wonder if he was gun-shy then about the James Conner one. That's tough. I mean, typically when, when it's to that situation where there's a score involved, you can't look at it and say, Ah, it's at the one-yard line. We're going to score anyways because, you know what, it didn't happen. So I think if he had it back, maybe if he did get a better look, they'd probably try to get get it off quickly there. But regardless, they probably should have scored from the one, but you gotta, you can't take that chance. I mean, I think he definitely was. If he had two challenges in his pocket, he would have thrown it regardless. But since he blew that one, I think he just said, okay, I, I don't got a good look at this. Let's just hold off. It's on the one. We're going to score anyways. Obviously, they didn't. Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. He's playing agree or disagree or whatever the hell I said I called at the beginning of the segment. Perfect should be suspended. You know, suspended probably yes. Just I don't want to sound like the homer or anything. I would say if it was a first offense, no. Agreed. Because we've seen seen that before, but he's he's six or seven, eight eight offenses in, and and he violated he cannot, parole. Yeah, you can't be a person with a brain and look at that hit and say he did not try to forearm Antonio Brown in the helmet. He tried to do it. He accomplished it, and uh, he probably should be fine. I don't think uh, he probably will be should be suspended. I don't think he will be. I think he'll be fined again, but what a knucklehead. What an absolute knucklehead. You're just trying to go out there. I mean, it was so blatant that he was just trying to hurt the guy with the elbow and to the head. It's just, as Marcus Gilbert said today, man, that guy is never going to grow up. I don't think he is. What do you think about Jay, uh, Drake Kirkpatrick saying that he wasn't holding uh, a B? <laughs> Yeah, A.B. was held a, a number of times even before that. They missed a lot it. of that on both sides, yeah. I thought, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, A.B., I tend to look at him a lot because well, he provides great drama and you never know what he's going to do. And I, I noticed a lot that he was getting grabbed from time to time. You get a great vantage point from the press box compared to the TV. He was getting grabbed a whole heck of a lot. I, mean, I, I think they're complaining about that um, 
a pick play too, and I thought that was as legal as can be. I guess Al Riveron's now a Pittsburgh legend. Now we can actually believe him now because he said it was <laughs> exactly. Good. I thought it was good. I mean, I mean, I thought the rules were you're allowed a yard out to be able to block somebody regardless if he has the ball or not. And then after that yard, yard, AB had the ball. A yard, it was a yard and a half, maybe. You're not going to call that, nor should you call that. If they were calling that, it probably would have created a lot of drama on the other side. That I cannot believe they would call this type of play. So I think unless it's egregious, unless you're just trying to tackle somebody, you can't make that call right there. But it's typical Bengals, man. You can't have those two plays go against you right then. If it was any other team there, if it was they brought back the old Houston Oilers, that would not have happened. It just happened to be the Steelers, and that stuff always happens against them. You should have felt just the air in that stadium, even when <laughs> they scored. You knew they knew everybody in that stadium knew they weren't even really cheering. They knew, oh, geez, how are we going to blow this one now? And that's how they did it. Mark, I just got to commend you for single-handedly taking on the entire station across the street on Twitter yesterday. Oh man, yeah, how about that stuff? You know, sometimes I I try to stay away from that. But, you know, some nonsense had to be straightened out a little bit. And Some knowledge had to be dropped? I'm, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't help out or at least chime in. <laughs> Were you a chicken? That's fair. And no, I'm a Joey Bag of Donuts. Get out of hey, here, Tom. Hey, hey hold, hold, on, hold on a second. Hey, Adam, who won that West Virginia game? Oh. Iowa State. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Mark, you know how you said the air came out of Cincinnati because they knew it was going to happen? Well, the second yeah. West Virginia got in the top ten, I knew that at some point they were going to poop down their leg. And they did. Well, at least, well, at least they lost early. You still got a half a year left, right? Yeah. Six games, five games. Yeah, right. It's all so, it's all so meaningful. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Get out of here, Mark. <laughs> Get out of here. Goodbye. That's Mark Aboli of The Athletic pouring salt in my wound, and it hurts. It hurts. Joey Bag of Donuts, get out of here. Coming up next, I will tell you where Mike Tomlin effed up in this game, and it's not where you think he did. It's Crowley Show. Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you. Adam, I think I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk <laughs> out the door. On ESPN Pittsburgh. A lot of people are upset at Mike Tomlin for not challenging the James Conner clear touchdown. And I say a lot of people because that's what came out during the game on Twitter.com. Now that they won, people don't so much care. I actually didn't want to see Mike Tomlin challenge that. And here's why. You're a foot away from the goal line. James Conner's already scored two easy touchdowns. You also have the quarterback sneak in your back pocket, which they ran on a third and two earlier in the game, which got whistled down. You should be able to get a foot. Plus, I'd have gone for it on all four downs. I think that's where I'll disagree with Mike Tomlin. 
I didn't like the cowardice there. You've got four opportunities to get the ball in from the one-yard line. I'm sneaking it, sneaking it, sneaking it, sneaking it. Or I'm sneaking it, Connor in it, sneaking it, Connor in it. That's the way I'm going. So I don't mind Mike Tomlin saying, ah, I didn't see it. Ah, I don't want to challenge it, even though I do believe he saw it. I have a problem with Mike Tomlin not saying, we came here for that dub, and we're going to get the dub by slamming that ball right down Geno Atkins' gullet. Some other things that weren't good, Artie Burns. Artie Burns kind of stinks, right? Like, stinks so bad, I kind of want to see him put in a cannon and shot into the sun for a little while. When Cody Sensabaugh's better than you, that's a bad thing. I think Cody Sensabaugh right now is better than Artie Burns. I trust him more. Cody Sensabaugh's not a bad player, but he's solid, he's consistent, and Artie Burns is not consistent at all. I think this week is going to do Artie a lot of good. Artie's a good dude. Artie works hard. It's not about hard work. It's about recognition. And on the touchdown that he allowed to Tyler Boyd, the second touchdown of the game, the one right before halftime, his eyes go from Tyler Boyd to the backfield at the exact moment that Tyler Boyd makes his break. That's just not having any confidence. That's worrying about when the football's coming out. Follow the receiver, get on his hip, and then make a play on the ball when the receiver starts to make a play on the ball. Don't have your eyes in the backfield. It's about eye discipline, and Artie Burns didn't have any there. You also saw just an egregious display of football IQ when there was 2 minutes and 29 seconds left, and Artie Burns had his receiver pinned to the sideline and had good body position, but then for whatever reason, inexplicably still took the penalty. That's just a lack of football awareness. So Artie's got to get better, and until Artie gets better, Cody is going to have to be the dude. I thought Cam Sutton struggled at times in this game, too. Joe Hayden's got that side on lock, and he had A.J. Green on lock basically all day long. But the rest of the corners, they make you scurred. Artie Burns right now isn't good. I do love the way Mark Caballi sidestepped that question. We were doing agree or disagree. I said, Mark, Artie Burns is bad. And he said, no, he's just playing bad. Well, that means he's bad. Is Blake Bortles bad? No, he just plays bad. Oh, okay. Are you smart? No, I just failed the test. Did you study? Yeah. Oh, you're dumb. I mean, come on, Mark. A couple other things I didn't like. Keith Butler's blitzes were ill-timed. Not when he called them. It wasn't like he shouldn't have called a blitz at this particular moment or called a blitz at that particular moment. But how many times did it seem like the Steelers' blitz from the secondary was delayed? They just didn't time it up well yesterday. I don't necessarily know if that's Keith Butler's fault. I think it's more the players' fault. And it's something Mike Hilton's been really good at, is... Timing up the snap count with the blitz and getting after the quarterback. In this game, particularly on that touchdown to Tyler Boyd just before the half that we were just talking about, it seemed like it took forever for that blitz to get home. And it never did. So that's one thing I didn't like. Hilton's been good at it. He wasn't in this game. I'm sure he'll be better about it later on. Uh, that special teams was a huge disaster. I mean, just a huge mother-flipping disaster. Barry had one big-time punt. 
65 big ones, right? But the rest weren't good. The Steelers allowed two long kickoff returns. How hard is it to kick the ball through the end zone? And you have to now because your coverage guys don't get a running start. Two long kickoff returns back-to-back. Kick the ball out the end zone. We also saw that Ryan Switzer made a bad decision to not field a punt. But he's been very good. Otherwise, I'm not going to harp on. A lot of bad, mostly good, and the Steelers now find themselves at 3-2-1. and 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. John does. He says the Steelers need to seriously consider trading for Patrick Peterson. They keep wasting picks on drafting DBs anyway. Trade for a guy who can play. Tom, you say no! It's just not going to happen. It's just, you know, it's just, yeah, it'd be great if we could go out and trade for Patrick Peterson. But who are you going to trade? And Well, Lave Bell. Happen. Oh, yeah, Lave Bell. I'm going to trade Le'Veon. Because he's here, right? No. He showed up today like he, he said he would. Oh, geez, yeah, you're oh, right. Yeah. Wow, so there goes that trade chip. That's not going to happen. Jeez. I mean, we have draft pick. We draft early in drafts, too, right? So... They could probably send a couple first-rounders over. The Cardinals will want that, right? Right, they'll be top-ten picks, right? so of oh, course they'll want well, them. They'll yeah, probably actually be in the 20s. Yeah, so, not going to yeah. happen, John. Sorry. Yeah. Somebody tweeted me today that either called or tweeted the show last week and said, Stan was just talking about using Le'Veon Bell as the third wide receiver when you've got James Conner in the backfield, and Crowley, you said I was dumb for suggesting it last week. Ha-ha! I love Stan. I don't think that's going to happen. Le'Veon Bell, they'll find a way to get him on the football field, and maybe they'll sling him out wide from time to time. But it's not like it's going to be a staple of the offense. And eventually they'll find out that Le'Veon Bell is just a better player than James Conner. They already know it, but they'll have to show it again to the teammates. That doesn't mean James Conner's not good, though. And that's one of the places I've been wrong. I've always thought James Connors had ability, but I didn't trust his chances of staying healthy over the course of a year being the bell cow back because he's had injury problems in the past. Now, as has Le'Veon Bell, but Bell's a better player. So you'd rather have the better player with injury history than the worst player with injury history. I don't think this is going to be a problem, though. And I don't know if the media outside of me, I don't know if the fans agree with that. The way that this has all kind of been posited is that it's going to be a problem. How's the locker room going to deal with Le'Veon Bell coming back? Well, they're getting an all-pro. And yeah, they don't like the guy, maybe, right now. But the second he touches the ball and the second he's productive, they're not going to give a rat's ass what he was doing before. They don't care if he's on a jet ski. They don't care where he's sitting. Whether it be a jet ski or a face or anything, they don't care. They want a player who's good. They want 53 guys that help them get to their ultimate goal of winning a championship. That's it. The Steelers aren't going to be a worse football team when Le'Veon Bell arrives. I know Madden disagrees. I saw him tweeting that out yesterday. That's ludicrous. Don't bring in the good player because he's a cancer. The perfect, I think, solution for the Steelers is that Lev Bell comes back on Wednesday this week or Monday next week, and he sits behind James, 
and he works the rust off in practice, and James continues to be productive. And then the second James takes a dip, you throw Le'Veon in for a series or two. And if Le'Veon takes off, then you let Le'Veon be the guy. You phase him in. It's good for everyone. It's good for the Steelers because now you've got an all-pro running the football instead of a good player, but not an all-pro player. It's good for Le'Veon because he's not coming back and having to be the guy like he would have had to, like he did have to last year. The depth is much better this year because James Conner's proven. Le'Veon's agent, Adisa Bakari, is afraid they're going to run his wheels off. Well, they're not going to now with James Conner back there. And I'm not saying that the Steelers are ever going to go 50-50. It's just not what they do. Mike Tomlin does like to have one feature back. But when James Conner, or pardon me, when Le'Veon Bell knocks the rust off, I don't see why it wouldn't be 70-30, maybe a little bit different now. You can trust James, and I think that Le'Veon Bell's a better football player than in small doses. Once he's knocked that rust off, when's the last time Le'Veon Bell finished a playoff season? Spoiler alert, it was last year. It was one game. But before that, he's hurt in the AFC Championship game. Before that, he's injured for the entire playoffs. Before that, he's injured for the playoffs. Before that, he's injured for the playoffs. If he comes back, and this is a hypothetical, and James Conner gets to be the bell cow for the first couple of weeks and maybe take some carries off of Le'Veon Bell's plate, maybe Le'Veon's healthy for the playoffs, and maybe that helps serve the Steelers better. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Dean does. He says, when are we going to start holding Morgan Burnett accountable for stealing money? Someone has to start rattling his cage. The guy got hurt! It's just unlucky. That's not nice. No. That Matt Murray's really stealing money. Seriously, like, do you think Morgan Burnett is sitting on his couch laughing right now? Like, oh, these stupid Steelers. I totally took them for suckers. Look at all this money I'm getting for free. No, he's probably pissed off because whatever's hurting is hurting like crazy and he can't get back on the field. Exactly. That Justin Schultz stealing money. The bastard. Sidney Crosby, he was faking it the whole time. Ugh, so selfish. Makes what a sick. douche. Coming up next. Oh, I'm excited about this one. It's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, the Baltimore schizophrenic Ravens, and a big-time debate between Tom and the Crowman. About going for two or not if you're Andy Reid. Oh, get out of here. You're so wrong about that. You're so wrong. It's Crowley Show. Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Our buddy Chris Adamski from the Trib just texted me, and he said, When'd you get a new station signal? Actually tolerable listening without using an app. Yeah, 106.3 FM in Allegheny County is actually pretty darn good. And 970 has been beefed up now. If you start to lose 970, flip on 106.3. And if you start to lose 106.3, put on 970. It... Fills in like a puzzle. 
That's right. Just program your number one favorite on your radio dial at yep. 970 and your number two radio favorite at 106.3. And that way you just got real quick button pushes. Bang, bang. Whenever you switch. Bang, bang. Real quick. Exactly. And it's easy to remember. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. It's kind of like scissoring. It's exactly like scissoring. That's what I think. Bang, bang. Also from Adamski, Rudder and I were in the car and wanted to hear Kabali, but didn't think it would come in. But alas, alas, things be changing in the Pittsburgh radio market. And the only reason why the station's been beefed up is because Crowley show ratings are up 700%. Devin, next up on the show at 412-922-2874. Hello, man. It's one of my callback days. Let's hear it. Things I want to agree with you about Juju. He, he's a star, man. If he had went to any other team, he'd be the number one. Easy. That's why I was wondering how he went in the second. Like, do they watch video? And the other is uh, James Conner. He um he had another 100-yard game, and I was happy they didn't go away from the running game when it wasn't working at first. Yes. And then he ended up proving them right. So my, my, what do you think about James, man? Like, I think if they used him and Le'Veon as counterweights to each other, along with our passing game, but you see, whenever we establish a running game, we dominate. Just thinking what you think about James. Yeah, and that's what I've been saying now for a couple of weeks. Appreciate the call, Devin. Find one thing you're good at on offense. Find one thing you're good at on defense. And roll with it. And on defense, Steelers are good at creating pressure. And now they've found something with Joe Hayden shadowing the other team's number one wide receiver. On offense, the offensive line's playing about as well as you can play. Not just here in Pittsburgh, but across the league. I think they're that good. Ben's been hit six times the last three weeks, and Ben has been sacked one time in the last three weeks. So they're playing well in the pass blocking game. I think they're doing a great job in the run game. So keep trying to run the football. And the more you run the football, the more effective I think you're going to be at throwing the football. And that's not me reinventing the wheel. It's not the Steelers reinventing the wheel, but it's them finding an identity and... I've been bringing this up for years. Tom's about to laugh. I always bring this up. Last year, Steelers were 3-2. and two, And they turned to Le'Veon Bell, and they said, let's give you the ball to the tune of 126 yards per game. This is the Houston game, huh? No, we'll go no? back to that in a second. Oh, you know I get revved up when you bring up that Houston game. Well, I'm going year by year by year. So last year, Steelers 3-2. and two, They give the ball to Bell, 126 yards per game. Bingo, bango. They only lose one more game, and it's because of Al Riverock. Two years ago, Steelers 4-5. and five. What do they do? They give the ball to Le'Veon Bell to the tune of 147 yards per game. They don't lose the game until the AFC Championship game. The year before that's the Houston game. Oh, yeah. Steelers didn't have an identity. They're hovering around 500, and they gave Le'Veon Bell a dump-off in the shadow of their own goal line, is. which he takes for about 50. I love that line. Ben, in the shadow of his own goal line. Dumps the ball to Le'Veon Bell. And he scampers up the field for 60-plus yards. And what happens? The Steelers utilize the running game. The Steelers utilize the running backs out of the backfield. They keep it simple, and they've got playmakers that are low risk. At that time, Ben was turning the football over. And after he dumped the ball off to Le'Veon Bell, he didn't have to turn it over anymore because he knew he didn't have to do everything. Run the ball a bunch, get behind that offensive line, and become the Pittsburgh Steelers again. And I realize it's 2018, 
But look at the teams that are really good right now. The Saints have two really good backs. The Rams have a really good back. We just saw what Dallas was able to do to that vaunted Jacksonville defense. They put up a 40-burger. They can run the football. The best teams in the sport can run the ball. And I don't put Dallas in that conversation, but I needed a third team. The best teams in football know that running the ball is important. Hell, look at the Patriots. The Patriots didn't really have an offensive identity. They started giving the ball to Sonny Michelle, and they've taken off. Boy, is he good. How much does that just make you so mad that they have a feature back now? I have him on fantasy. I'm pretty happy about it. Well, then, but the rest of us are feeling just so upset. It's like, really? The, the team that mastered the running back by committee now has a feature back. Great. They're malleable. They do whatever they have to do to win, but they understand the value of a running game. When they had Corey Dillon, they ran the football. It's just what the Patriots do, and the best teams in the league right now are ones that can run. Kareem Hunt, he can run the football. It's important. As for James Conner specifically, I think it's a huge transition to put Bell back in there. Think about how quickly James Conner seems to be hitting the hole. It's totally different with Le'Veon Bell. I still think Le'Veon Bell's the better player. In fact, I know he's the better player, but it's going to take some time for the offensive line to adjust to him as opposed to James Conner. It's just a reality. What time is it, Tom? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by to be determined. Woo! Pat Mahomes was shaky early. Woo! But he was great late. Woo! Boy, that defense is going to cost them, though. That was the topic on Good Morning Football today. Will the Chiefs' defense cost them? Well, didn't it already? It just cost them a game against the New England Patriots. Now, they didn't have two of their better players on defense. No Eric Berry. Then they have Justin Houston. That's going to hurt. But they're still bad. And you give up 40 points, 43 points there. You give up 37 points in Pittsburgh. The more you play great offenses, the more that it's going to come back to haunt you. And I know Pat Mahomes is great. He's a stud. I know that that cast of characters is great. Tyree Kill. Sammy Watkins part of the damn thing. You got Kareem Hunt. You got Travis Kelsey. You got some of the best players in the world at every position. They're going to score, but at some point, it's going to get tiresome. When you have to be perfect all the time, eventually there's going to be a game where you're not, and when you're not, you're going to lose. Last night's game, the perfect example. Throws two picks, it cost him. Kick too many field goals, it cost him. Tom was upset. That when it was 27-25, to 25, Andy Reid oh didn't go for two. What an idiot. You're so wrong about that. No, how am I? You're going to tell me I'm wrong. Do you know how math works? They're down by two. They go for two. They tie the game. Is the, is the purpose of the football game to be down by one? No, it's to be tied so you can eventually take the lead. I mean, Andy Reid, he's over the hill. He sucks. The, They're winning despite him. False. Totally false. Could not be more wrong. What they need to do is win the game. It doesn't matter if you're tied midway through the third quarter. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're down by one midway through the third quarter. The point of football is to be around at the end to win the game. So, you kick the extra point, 
You know New England's been punching it in for touchdowns all game long. If you're down by one and they score a touchdown, then you're down by eight. If you go for two and don't get it, they score a touchdown, you're down by nine. Game's over. You have to extend the game. Andy Reid gets killed all the time for clock management, for timeout management, for strategery, as George W. Bush would say. He did everything right in that circumstance. I mean, you got a shaky Mahomes. He's starting to finally get a little mojo going, and then you're just like, you know what? I don't trust you to get these two yards here to tie the game. I mean, it could kill your quarterback's confidence. I, it didn't come back to cost them, but it really should have. I think it's being scared of your defense. And we talked about how the defense is going to affect them and how it's going to cost them a game. I think the defense scares you so much in that circumstance you don't want to go for two. Speaking of being scared of defenses, why the hell are you scared to get two yards on the Patriots' defense? They suck. You could fall into the end zone from two yards out. He's a bad coach. Get out of here. Get out of here, hot take shirtless Tom. Can I give a lukewarm take? You can give a lukewarm take. It's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Last night's game will be the AFC Championship game, but... It will be played in Arrowhead. How about that? I'll guarantee one thing. The Chiefs spank the Bengals next week in oh Arrowhead. They're going to spank them. Stan came in yesterday to do the postgame show. I'm sitting there yucking it up with Charlie Batch, yucking it up with shirtless Tom. And Stan said, if the Bengal, or pardon me, if the Chiefs lose tonight, they're going to stomp Cincinnati. If the Chiefs don't lose tonight, well, then the Bengals got a chance. Yeah, I was pretty much going to say the Chiefs are going to spank the Bengals at home in Arrowhead Stadium in primetime either way. How about Colin Cowherd? He was railing on and on about how the torch wasn't passed from Brady to Mahomes. Buddy, do you think Mahomes was bad? Brady's one of the best of all time, if not the best, but there will be a next one at some point. And some point might be now, and here's betting, it's Pat flipping Mahomes. Also, did Pat Mahomes play linebacker? Did Pat Mahomes play DB? Did Pat Mahomes switch places with Sutton to call the defense? No. Well, then it ain't his fault that the team's giving up 43 points. The, the torch wasn't passed because his defense sucks worse than the Patriots' defense? Oh, give me a freaking break. I'm like 95% sure that Colin Coward is like arguing with himself here. Because initially, I think he was the one that brought up the topic that Pat Mahomes is going to be the next guy. He's the one that they're going to pass the torch to, the Rodgers and the Bradys. <laughs> and now he's like, well, hold on a second there, young kid. You better pay your dues first. This is still Tommy Brady's league. So I, I think he's just like kind of going back and forth with himself nowadays. It's a little concerning. You think he's okay? We should write him some fan mail. I know he reads it. Maybe just like Colin Cowherd talking to himself, the Ravens are schizophrenic. They lose to the Browns, who just got slaughtered. I mean, they got their asses beat. They got their doors blown off. Give me any other cliche, and it's true. They got taken to the woodshed. They got drubbed, whatever. But then they go slaughter the Titans on the road. And the Browns... Likewise, they get slaughtered at home by the Los Angeles Chargers. Are the Chargers really good? The Chargers probably are good, aren't they? Do you want to put them in the conversation? Their two losses are to the Chiefs and the Rams. Two oh, best, two no. Best teams in football. Oh, no. So, Chargers are good. 
Well, they're not as good as those two teams. They wouldn't be voted ahead of them in the AP poll. That much we know for sure. They are good, man. And I have always had my doubts with the Chargers. It's the dumbest sports take that there is, though. Well, they haven't done it, so they're not going to do it. But I kind of felt that way with the Chargers, and even the start of the year was kind of lukewarm. Well, if you look at the AFC, I trust the Patriots and the Chiefs. And then there's really a whole lot of nobody else you trust. In fact, should the entire AFC South be shot in the space? Yes, with the NFC East, please. Holy hell. At least the NFC East has the defending champs. And I guess the Cowboys are back. I mean, they're not. Get out of here. I mean, kind of. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. That is the. See, uh, that is the biggest example right there of football being something none of us know anything about. I mean, Matt Williamson is going to be joining us in about 24 minutes on the show. He proclaims to know everything there is to know about football, but how could anybody possibly have predicted that Jacksonville was going to lay an egg the way that they did? In those uniforms? We're going to talk about adding injury to insult. That was the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! Tomorrow we'll have our burning questions edition. It's my favorite segment of the week. Coming up next, my second favorite segment of the week. I'll tell you how the Steelers have found themselves and why you shouldn't believe in anybody in the AFC North other than Pittsburgh. It's Crowley Show.